0: And so we pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our collective heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And so it's here. Holy Week. 2019. And and many of you who have been through this before, you know and I didn't have to tell you that today is is Palm Sunday. You know that the week before Easter starts with, with Palm Sunday. And so just to get us started this morning, I want to play an association game with you. And if it happens that you are someone who is celebrating Palm Sunday for the first time or or, or it's been a long time, no worries there. But for those of you who perhaps already have in your mind the account that we are about to go through, I want you to choose one word. When you think of Palm Sunday, you think of, what word comes to your mind? Does anyone want to share? Confirmation. Confirmation. Because in many churches, there would be a youth confirmation the week before Easter. Good. We'll do a little public service announcement. Youth confirmation this year will be on May 5th. Okay, good. Did I hear one over here? When I think of Palm Sunday, I think of... Palms! Excellent choice. Palm Sunday. You think of branches. You think of, of the fact that Palm Sunday is called Palm Sunday because of the palms. Now, truth be told, don't want to disappoint you, in Luke's account that we are going through today, you will not see that word. And yet one of the neat things about Palm Sunday is we can put together the account from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of course we see the the account of many laying not just branches, but palm branches on the path before our King. Good. Anything else? Start Start the beginning of Holy Week. Very appropriate thought. I'm sorry? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A, A word of rejoicing because of what it means. This is all good, guys. And as I was growing up, Those would all be thoughts that would have come into my mind. And yet, I just want to add one to it. And it's something that I think Dennis mentioned very early. When you hear a Palm Sunday, you know we're in the Lenten season. And you know in the Lenten season, there's a little bit of a somber approach because we see his pain is our gain. But if I had to choose a word to describe the mindset for Palm Sunday, I want it to be the word joy. And I don't know that we always think of that. And now that I'm about to read the account for you, I want you to feel, I want you to put yourself in the middle of that crowd as Jesus was entering Jerusalem and I want you to feel the joy that was in the air. And we'll talk about why that joy continues today. This is the account from Luke, chapter 19, starting with verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphagee and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of our Lord. This is one of the accounts of Scripture where we have a tremendous amount of detail as to the background of the situation. And so on this Palm Sunday, and I ask you to put yourself in the crowd, it's not hard to visualize it, even though you and I haven't been to the Holy Land to see it with our own eyes. But did you see the account? it's, It's laid out for us in such a beautiful way. After Jesus had said this, it says, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. You see, Jesus had been slowly making march down south all the way from Galilee into Judea. And now he's on the outskirts of Jerusalem. We know from John's account that in the days before this, Jesus had performed an amazing miracle. He raised his friend, Lazarus, from the dead. And you can imagine the excitement that would have been among those who caught wind of this. And so what does it say? It says, Jesus approaching the city of Jerusalem had to go through small towns to get there. And Jerusalem was was situated, continues to be situated on a, on a mountain. And that's why you would always go up to Jerusalem. But before you get to Jerusalem, you would go over the Mount of Olives and through some small towns. And in that terrain, you can imagine Jesus talking to his disciples and saying, we're about to enter Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. go get it ready. And this is how you're going to do it. I want you to get it ready. Go to the village and you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Jesus was making provisions to make that entrance into Jerusalem a very memorable one. And so his disciples did as they were instructed. They went to the village ahead. They found that colt that had been tied up and not broken in, unridden. They brought it to Jesus and now the scene unfolds. Jesus mounted upon a colt begins to enter into the outskirts of Jerusalem. We could spend all day just talking about the miracle that it is to ride an untrained animal. We could spend the rest of the day talking about the logistics of how the the disciples had to put their trust in God in order to not be accused of stealing. But what we want to get to today is this. It's the reaction of the crowd as it grew in number and they saw Jesus on the colt coming into Jerusalem. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God. Are you there yet? Can you put yourself in the crowd where there's rejoicing going on, joy on the lips? You can imagine the the happy feet of the children running alongside their Savior. You can imagine the happy hearts of the adults who are seeing the one who's the king coming. You can imagine the emotional response of the Pharisees as they're trying to figure out how is it that this man can can command such an audience. There was joy there. Now ask yourself, why are you excited? What joy did they have? Well, you could say, well, they were excited because their king was arriving. In fact, it even says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They recognize Jesus as someone different. And anytime you're in the presence of greatness, anytime you're in the presence of one who is your king, it's natural to feel joy because you recognize that a king is there to rule you in a way that will hopefully be beneficial. And for a group of of people in first century Jerusalem who were craving a king, they saw Jesus as the hope. Maybe this would be the time when finally Jesus will enter in and knock over the Roman Empire once and for all. Oh, there was reason for hope and joy. But there's more. Do you remember how we read from the book of Zechariah? The people in the crowd certainly would have. And for those who had their eyes pasted to the Old Testament for century after century and knew the significance of waiting for someone special, the one chosen by the Lord to come, they put two and two together and they said, see, your king comes to you riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Oh, they were ready. They saw the significance and with joy in their hearts they were saying, Something big is about to happen. And then they started saying it. A word that actually isn't recorded in Luke's section, where we hear that they said, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But in all of the other accounts, they started saying that word, Hosanna. We just sang about it in our first song. You can imagine as Hosanna started chanting from soft and getting louder, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, save us now is what Hosanna means. Oh, there would have been joy because the spectacle grew The expectations were set and there is Jesus entering the capital city and what would he do? Well, maybe before we talk about that, where's our joy? You see, we put ourselves in the crowd and maybe as we gather together here, and we start to really parse the parts of scripture that speak of palm sunday maybe the joy is starting to well up in our hearts but before that where was the joy in waking up this morning where is the joy in looking at the calendar and seeing oh it's it's palm sunday In April? And we have so many other things to do. Where is the joy in having a work day on a Saturday before Holy Week and thinking, I'm never going to get everything done? Where is the joy? When we come into the house of the Lord and it's so hard to turn off the to-do list that is constantly repopulating in your mind because of the numerous uncountable tasks that you know you need to get done because you are a driven person. It's so easy for us to lose our joy. And then we put ourselves in the crowd and we start to feel the joy Coming back, we start to see the the fervor rising up within us, and then we realize you know what? The crowd at best didn't even get the full extent of the joy that Christ came to deliver. You see, at best, the crowd was a little misguided. Yeah, they knew that he was the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9. Yes, they knew it was significant that one who was not the natural king of Israel was coming in on a donkey. And yes, they saw the excitement of the children who laid their eyes on on Christ and were getting excited about it. But at best, they were looking for a political revolution. And it reminds us too that our joy is so often Based on the wrong things. I have no doubt that during this past week, you have had a couple of different things that have robbed you of your joy, but you've also had moments of excitement and joy, different victories that you have won, different moments where you could say, Ah, this was a good thing. Today we're gathered in the house of the Lord on Palm Sunday. And even as we join the crowd in rejoicing over Christ's entrance into Jerusalem, we recognize that our joy is so often placed in the wrong event or the wrong expectation. Which is why now we allow Jesus himself to show us his joy. which is really what we've been doing throughout the season of Lent. His pain is our gain, and today we look at his joy. What is Christ's joy? When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You know what the Savior's joy is? Was it not to take those words and give it a fulfillment that the crowd couldn't even have imagined? Wasn't it the Savior's joy to be placed upon that donkey? And to fulfill scripture to the T. Think about it. This is the son of God, true God, who is now here on earth in the form of a man riding on the colt full of a donkey. Oh, it was his joy though to do so that every part of scripture be, could be fulfilled and to enter Jerusalem and to, in fact, do everything that they wanted him to do, but in a way that would so far exceed their expectations. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. It was his joy to go in there and say, yes, I will be your king. I'm not going to knock over the emperor, but I am going to go toe-to-toe with your sin. Willingly. And it is going to be my joy to wipe it out. Is not the joy of our Savior to willingly enter in Jerusalem and say, I have the privilege of giving my life for you. I will enter Jerusalem and I will not leave until the work of salvation is done because it's my joy to serve you That's Christ's joy, even as he was looking at that crowd who was rejoicing in the moment, and he was saying, Your joy will last in eternity because of what I am going to do. Was it not the joy of our Savior to not turn around and take an easy path back to heaven, but with laser like focus continue? to the cross, to make the payment for sin. It was his joy. And so he wants us to rejoice with him. Now there were some in the crowd who didn't want to do that. In fact, what do you hear of the the Pharisees? When the Pharisees heard that the crowd was getting worked up and rejoicing, some of the Pharisees said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. We don't have any time for that kind of festive atmosphere. To which Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Jesus wants us to rejoice. And so let's do it. Let's rejoice in the presence of the one who came to save us. Let's take the words, Hosanna, Lord save us now, and realize what that means that in Jesus we have the one who has done the impossible. And it starts today. Let's rejoice in a way that is so far superior to one who was was coming in to be a, a physical civic ruler but one who came to be the ruler of heaven and earth and the conqueror of sin. Let's rejoice in a way that doesn't always have to be shouts of of screams or shouts or screams at a loud voice, but rather the joy of a heart that's been put at peace. The quiet confidence of the Christian who says, Devil, no more. Will you put that sin of mine in my face? No more. For my king has arrived and he is carrying out the work as needed to give me peace and joy for eternity. His pain is most certainly our gain. And so also his joy is to give us pure joy now and for eternity. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus our King. Amen.